This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Monday afternoon, February 13th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. The week ahead will include more close, uh, closely watched earnings reports and some key numbers on inflation. We'll get a preview in our next segment. But right now, your workplace may be a little less crowded than usual following a certain big game yesterday. We're joined by Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago jobs expert with Robert Half, based in Chicago. Michelle, thanks for joining us today. Of course, by big game, I'm referring to uh, Northwestern's upset over Purdue uh, in Evanston yesterday afternoon. Forget the Super Bowl. It's all sorts of people <laughs> who uh, overdid it at uh, Mustard's last stand uh, next to Welsh Ryan Arena. I mean, Michelle, this has been a, a discussion that people have been having for a very long time about uh, taking the day off after the uh, Super Bowl, either because you overdid it during a Super Bowl party or maybe you're up late cleaning up or it's just yeah. a good a time as any to take that personal day uh, five or six weeks after the Christmas holidays. How does it usually break down in the world of business? Is it people uh, calling in Monday morning saying, uh, you know, my throat's scratchy or is it a pre-approved day off? Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, most of them are last-minute call-ins um, saying, you know what, uh, I, I'm either sick or they will just be honest and admit I overdid it yesterday, I won't be very productive today, so maybe it's best if I take the day off. But, yeah, they do uh, – we do – people in any work environment will take the day after the Super Bowl or the Northwestern game off. Now, is this a situation where uh, offices are beginning to uh, plan for this? They know it's going to happen, and as a result, managers don't schedule meetings or kind of uh, structure a light light activity kind of day just because they know so many people will be out of the office? Yeah, absolutely. I know myself as a manager, I moved a couple of meetings knowing that two of my managers had taken a pre-planned day off. They were hosting parties and they had plans for it. Um, But I think the other dynamic is with so many workers remote and Monday and Friday being popular remote days, uh, you know, even that I've I've watched kind of our workload lessen throughout the day, even for those that didn't take the day off. I was going to ask, I mean, in this post-COVID reality that, uh, you know, Monday is a work from home day for a lot of people. So does that really make a difference? Oh, absolutely. Um, You you know, they have the flexibility of working from home. And what you'll find is probably most aren't giving a full 100% day. If they're a little bit tired or overdid it or whatnot, you know, maybe they don't have extra time to take off. 
but they do have the convenience of um, maybe making it a little easier day working from home. Now, there have been a number of efforts uh, over the years to turn uh, Super Bowl Monday into some sort of national or state holiday, and the knock on that has been, well, why are we granting holiday status to the day after a private organization's uh, tournament? I mean, the NFL is a a private money-making organization, and uh, other sports don't have that courtesy. But at the same time is is there are there efforts underway to maybe you know because in tennessee for example they're thinking about getting rid of columbus day and making the day after the super bowl the 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 state holiday instead so are there some creative efforts afoot to uh, give people the day off the day after the super bowl Absolutely. You know, I haven't heard of many clients that are actually looking at it as a holiday, but I can tell you many of us, including um, even us at Robert Half, will use it as an incentive. You know, if the week before we're running little contests to get a high amount of productivity done, we may offer the prize as the Monday after the Super Bowl or the national game or the final four, um, giving them that day off or allowing them to come in late the next morning. Um, as kind of a ward to incentivize and motivate uh, motivate people, but also to accept the fact that, you know, we're going to get low productivity out of that day anyways. Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago jobs expert with Robert Half in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. You know, it was up to me the first two days of the NCAA tournament. That's the time to take off. Just get yourself surrounded by TVs, uh, order some wings, have some fun. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A key reading on inflation is due tomorrow, while the upcoming days will also include earnings reports from major companies, including Kraft Heinz and Coca-Cola. Let's bring in Tom Hudson, the Week Ahead columnist with McClatchy Tribune News Services based in Miami. Tom, thanks for joining us once again today. And let's just uh, reset the, uh, the the picture this week as far as uh, uh, data is concerned, uh, mm-hmm. beginning with inflation. What are the big numbers coming out this week? And more importantly, what will the Fed be watching when it comes to uh, interest rates? Yeah, so the first one will happen on uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, Valentine's Day. It's the Consumer Price Index, the most commonly accepted measurement of consumer prices. Uh, although the Federal Reserve is, is not among those, I said the Fed looks at a different inflation gauge. It's a little bit more dynamic. But nonetheless, the CPI is a very important number. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then later on in the week, we get the wholesale number, the producer price index. So it's a little flipped this time around. We get the end sale, the consumer side first, and then the wholesale side. What the Federal Reserve will be looking for, what bond traders are going to be looking for, what uh, stock investors and consumers are all looking for is whether or not inflation continues to cool year over year. So, and compared to a year ago in January, have prices cooled a bit. They're still going to be going up, Rob, like 5 6% compared to a year, but nothing like the almost 9% year-over-year increase we were seeing back uh, six months ago. And then another thing to keep an eye on, and this is on uh, Thursday, the report on initial jobless claims, they came in a little higher than expected last Thursday. So this is something to keep an eye on, especially in terms of uh, looking for signs of uh, weakness in what has been a red-hot labor economy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, looking for signs of weakness is a little bit like pinning your hopes on uh, the Cubs or the White Sox playing in October and November when it's, uh, you know, April, March. And pick up in those first time claims or even continuous claims coming from such a low base. 
uh, it, it really is a matter of companies having a very difficult time filling jobs right now. The job open rate is enormous. And whether or not folks are coming back into the workforce lured in by the twin pressures of high prices with the inflation and higher wages, we've seen some wage growth lately. And then very quickly, Tom, uh, earnings reports this week, Airbnb, Coca-Cola, Kraft Heinz, uh, three temperature checks on the state of the American (laughs) consumer. Indeed. In fact, the global consumer, for that matter, and whether or not consumer staples the uh, and discretionary in terms of the travel budget that uh, uh, Airbnb captures. It's going to be an important read, really looking forward into the rest of 2023, this calendar year, and how the companies are feeling comfortable or still nervous. Tom Hudson, the Week Ahead columnist for McClatchy Tribune News Services based in Miami. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, a, a problem has popped up with the building of that permanent casino in Chicago. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Compounding your interest with an economy of words, this is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. There appears to be a snag regarding the building of a new casino along the north branch of the Chicago River. Let's get the very latest from Danny Ecker, reporter for Crane Chicago Business. Danny, thanks for joining us today. The issue here involves the Chicago Tribune printing plant. It used to be called Freedom Center. And uh, Bally bought the land and the building, and one day that's going to be the location for the casino. But it seems, according to your story, a $200 million doesn't buy you everything. Yeah, well, there's more to it, obviously. You could buy the building. They now are the landlord. But uh, the Chicago Tribune, and more specifically, Alden Global Capital, the hedge fund that owns the Tribune, uh, is the tenant. And they recently signed a a 10-year extension at that printing facility, They also have an option for another 10 years beyond that. So one of the keys to getting this whole casino plan done is getting Alden and the Tribune to move out, maybe even finding a new facility for them. So this is not something, despite how as far as this casino plan has gone with getting city council approval and seeking uh, a license from the Illinois Gaming Board, this is not something that has been resolved yet. And so uh, this is we have a hedge fund, Alden Global, that, appears to be driving a pretty hard bargain. And from what we understand from talking to multiple sources, uh, the negotiations are not going well in terms of buying out their lease. They're going to have to move out for this casino to be built on the site where this printing plan exists. Now, uh, to use a bad uh, gambling analogy, or maybe a good gambling analogy, uh, how strong is Alden's hand here? I would say it's a pretty pretty good hand. I mean, I, I think when you look at, at all the investment that Bally's has already made and, and, is, and what the city has is, is really uh, put on this with uh, counting on the casino to be a big um, uh, you know, revenue generator, tax revenue generator to help plug a pension gap, you know, Alden is sitting here going, well, what's it worth to everyone to get us to, to, to move? And they don't have to move. I think if you could look at it from their perspective they probably do with this extension have to pay a little bit more in rent than they were under their, their previous deal. But 
uh, in the scheme of things, if they can uh, turn a much larger profit by getting a significant buyout and using their leverage to get Bally's to pay up, uh, you know, they, they will do it. And, um, I, you know, I think it's just going to be a tricky negotiation here that potentially could hold up this casino development for, I mean, we don't know. Is it going to be months? Is it going to be years? That's still to be determined, but this is a big thing that needs to be resolved before the whole project can move ahead. There were a number of proposals and locations for a Chicago casino before the River West announcement was made. Does the city have any leverage in this negotiation where they could say, okay, well, we're going to decamp to uh, the museum campus or we're going to go to the 78? Can they just uh, plop this casino in some other location? You know, it's a good question. They've already gone down uh, quite a ways down the path with Bally's here. So I would say it's highly unlikely that that would happen. Um, Bally's has already provided a $40 million upfront payment to uh, to the city. Uh, you know, so there would be a lot to untangle uh, with this, with, with that whole contract. And think about how much money Bally's has already put up uh, in terms of designing and going through, you know, jumping through the hoops of approvals. There's a lot to walk back if they were going to change that. And, you know, certainly this Alden case, it just at least raises the question of whether the city underestimated the kind of obstacles they would have to, uh, that Bally's would have to uh, overcome in order to get this done. So I think this, the, the city is going to focus on that. The city, for our story, said they believe that this negotiation will work out. All the steps they need, that need to get done will get done. Uh, but we'll see uh, how the timing of that all works out. Danny Ecker, reporter, Crane Chicago Business. Thanks for joining us to talk about the uh, potential roadblock that exists uh, before a permanent Chicago casino is built on the site of the current Tribune printing plant at Chicago Avenue and Halstead. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The military is looking for the remnants of an aerial object shot down by jets in Michigan yesterday. A new survey tracks the level of concern about anti Semitism among Jewish Americans. Ahead of Valentine's Day, we'll have a discussion involving financial infidelity. And at Stock Picker Monday, we'll get a couple of suggestions from an investing pro, WBBM. BBM business. The markets are higher. The Dow is up 330 points. The Nasdaq is up 186. The S&P 500 is up 45. AccuWeather says mostly sunny today and mild with a gusty breeze and a high of 52. We have 50 degrees right now under sunny skies at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, the downing of an unidentified object over Lake Huron yesterday by U.S. fighter jets is the fourth such incident in eight days. The latest from CBS News correspondent Cammie McCormick. There are still more questions than answers. They chose to shoot it down over Lake Huron so that we could have a chance of collecting what it was. We do not know what it is right now. Michigan Representative Alyssa Slotkin says the recovery could take some time. There's a joint U.S.-Canadian effort to make sure we keep eyes on that, that equipment and pick it up but they're hampered by choppy waters. The head of NORAD and the U.S. Northern Command says part of the reason for the repeated shootdowns is a heightened alert following that Chinese spy balloon. China continues to maintain that the balloon was a civilian aircraft that veered off course. A survey finds anti-Semitism worries are rising among Jewish Americans. More than 4 in 10 Jews in the United States feel their status in America is less secure than it was a year earlier. That's according to a new survey by the American Jewish Committee, the prominent Jew 
Jewish advocacy organization conducted the survey last fall toward the close of a year of high-profile incidents of anti-Semitism. Those included a hostage-taking at a Texas synagogue and anti-Jewish statements shared by celebrities on social media. A quarter of the survey respondents said they were directly targeted by anti-Semitic expressions. I'm Walter Ratliff. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are higher today. We're joined by Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Michael, thanks for joining us today. After a little bit of a slide last week, it looks like the markets are starting off the week on a, on a strong note. What's driving the about face today? Well, good afternoon, Rob, and thanks for having me on. You know, the, the rally uh, continues, as you said, after a, a little bit of a sell-off last week. I think really what's driving it is we came into the year, I think, just overall too pessimistic. Um, a lot of recessionary talk, especially. And we haven't seen in the numbers signs of recession. We definitely have seen that inflation is still a problem, but we have not seen uh, recessionary fears like we had uh, so a lot of people had anticipated. So the rally is continuing here, but we are going into a CPI report tomorrow morning. We have uh, a little bit of earnings this week, but CPI report will be the, the, the biggest report for the week, and we'll see what happens there. Um, if there's more signs of inflation being sticky, you could get that sell-off to, to uh, start again because it basically started last week when Chairman Powell started making remarks about um, keeping rates higher for longer. So that's the, the push and pull here that's happening in the year is that we're not seeing the as bad of economic numbers indicating a uh, recession, but we still have Chairman Powell saying that uh, inflation is a problem, and the numbers that are coming out are also saying inflation is a problem. So it's a it's a push and pull, but right now the, the bulls are winning today anyway. There are a couple of uh, earnings reports that come out this week uh, that could validate the we're not in a recession, we won't be in a recession side of the argument uh, between uh, Kraft Heinz and Coca-Cola, Airbnb. If uh, people are willing to spend on uh, Diet Coke and and food products and uh, go take a vacation and stay in an Airbnb, then uh, clearly uh, they can spend their way over any type of uh, economic roadblock put in front of them. Yeah, I would say the, the companies like Airbnb would be a much better indication because Coke and, 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 and Kraft and companies like that, those are, those are usually recession-proof. So if you look at the, those stocks, especially Coke, it's actually hung in there very well last year. Um, so yeah, I would be I would pay more attention to things that that are are um, you know more just um, uh, companies that that rely on on discretionary spending as opposed to you know necessary spending. So Airbnb would be a good indicator, um, much more so than than a Coca Cola. If you're the Fed, you're obviously looking at the year-over-year number when it comes to the CPI and the PPI. But I have seen some commentary out there where they're already looking at the month-over-month changes and extrapolating that out and saying just based on a month-over-month basis, the Fed hit their 2% target several months ago. Yeah, I think that's not accurate at all. And I, I, I think Chairman Powell has come out and been very clear that that's not accurate. So, you know, the year-on-year tomorrow, it's expected to, to come in at 62 
And we here at, at MJP Capital think that, that it actually is probably going to be a touch hotter than that. That might cause some problems in the market, but I do think that, that uh, the Fed target of 2% is probably a couple years out. But the market should handle this number as long as it is only maybe 0.1 or 0.2% hotter. If we get a reading above last month, which was 6.5, if we go up above that, you're going to see bonds sell off and stocks sell off again um, amid more fears of Chairman Powell coming in and raising rates even higher. So we'll have to see. I, we, uh, there's no sign in my that I've seen that we're anywhere near getting to 2%. So people that are saying that I think are, are, are uh, fooling themselves. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, exploring the potential fallout from financial infidelity. It's 60 Minutes of Financial Planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Valentine's Day is tomorrow, and let's ratchet up the romance by talking about the relationships and the impact of money on them. We're joined by Ed Jertson, certified financial planner, founder of the Engagement Wealth Group based in Chicago. Ed, thanks for joining us once again. And let's talk about the concept of financial infidelity, which sounds like uh, one of the lesser-known REO Speedwagon albums. What is financial infidelity, and what are some ways that people can commit it? Well, I, I think the biggest way to commit financial infidelity is not being transparent. It's being secretive and below board. And that is a recipe for not only financial disaster, but obviously from a couple standpoint, you know, emotional disaster. So it's okay to have things in separate accounts, right? Mad money, but just please make sure that you're very transparent and you communicate what the intention is behind those funds. Now, when uh, my wife and I got married, we did merge our credit card accounts and our bank accounts. And Honestly, from a household operational standpoint, that's the way to go, especially when you have kids and they have activities and there are activity fees and there are registration fees. And there's just all sorts of different, you know, you need to keep track of money going out. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the mad money set aside just seems completely impractical if you have kids of a certain age. Well, you think about yours, mine, and ours. And so I think to your point, which is spot on, being able to track household expenses, having sort of this communal area where both spouses can kind of see all the ins and outs and being able to kind of really look at a spending plan is a great idea. But having yours and mine accounts is actually pretty good. And in anticipation of Valentine's Day, one of the areas that we often hear from clients is like, hey, I want to buy my spouse a gift. I just don't know. I just don't want them to know how much I'm spending on them just to kind of keep it, you know, from a nice standpoint, because some spouses are spenders while others are savers. And that's okay. That's not infidelity. That's just kind of being, uh, if you would, you know, honoring how that person is as an individual in terms of their spending. So it's okay to have that. But to your point, having that common spending account is okay. But again, even if you have side accounts, make sure you understand how much is going in there and what the intent behind those mad accounts are. And it just seems like the solution to 99.999% of the world's problems is have a conversation with the other person and have an honest conversation with the other person. Those conversations are to be had in the nice, quiet moments, not when bills are late and things are heated and what are you doing with your money. That is the least 
uh, palatable approach, if you would, from that standpoint. But to your point, you know what? Having a nice conversation, you know, a, a date night, a financial date night where you sit down and you just have a meeting of the minds is so critically important. And again, reach out to a certified financial planner to help guide you through these. Come up with some common goals of where you're heading and then kind of navigate that through all these different accounts. But to your point, Rob, absolutely. Just clear communication and honesty goes a long, long way in keeping peace in the household. And then uh, obviously there's no time like the present, but when is a good time in the relationship to have that conversation? Is it around the time you get engaged? Is it uh, just before you get married, after you get married, after you've been married for 20 years? Uh, what's, What's the best time to broach that particular subject. Yes, 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 and yes. I mean, any time is a good time because, again, what you don't want to get into is you don't want to get into the immediate after of the I do's, and now you're like, why did we do? Because, again, you, you want to be fully transparent. You know, young people coming in with college loans, right? You want to understand what kind of financial situation you're in. What is the foundational piece? And be open and transparent because that could be something collectively with the I love you's to be like, you know what, here's something we can collectively work on together in terms of paying down debt and other things. But again, if you try to hide those things and then they come out afterwards, it's not good for anybody and it's going to ruin your Valentine's Day. And I do like your framing that uh, it's not necessarily nefarious if there is a yours and mine account. It's just let the other person know what's going on. Exactly. It goes a long way when we're hearing about some discourse between couples and spending. It's just you have a plan to put X money uh, money aside. And as you had mentioned, that's mad money. You know what? If I want to go buy golf clubs or if I want to go buy this or I want to go buy that, I don't want to have to worry about someone looking over my shoulder. But again, collectively, you know what's going on. You know that money's there. But again, the common account, right, the purpose of what you're doing, that planning side, again, is where a certified financial planner can help guide you in terms of where you're putting your money, let's say, into your 401k and where you're putting your money into your mad money to, to keep, again, financial peace within the household. Ed Jertson, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come our Monday Stock Picker. Money Talks as the WBBN. Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday, and helping us out this afternoon is Matt Matigan, CEO, Blue World Asset Managers, based in Chicago. You can find his blog at blueworldam.com. Matt, thanks for joining us this afternoon, and what are your selections for this Stock Picker Monday? Well, the markets and the Blue World Economic Index have been diverging again of late. Uh, In other words, the market's optimism doesn't really match the economic output. And as you know, whenever we see that, it's time to play a little defense. So we'll try to do that today with gold and cash. Uh, There are several products available that track gold. And depending on the circumstances, uh, a higher cost option like GLD may be fine. Uh, But the one I'm talking about today is GLDM uh, because its performance graph perfectly overlays the GLD. But because it's a mini, it trades at a fraction of the price, so it's probably a better fit for a lot of us. And we generally use gold as a foundational hedge, so every time we buy more, we tend to set it and forget it, uh, where the majority of the position, and uh, we see this as a good time to add some metals and gold and 
particular to a little hedge because we think there's some uh, some choppiness coming up. And then uh, the the ETF uh, parade continues uh, with your next selection. It does. Uh, this one's really interesting. Uh, J.P. Morgan has a product called the Equity Premium Income ETF, and it trades under the symbol JEPI. This is an income-focused ETF that does not invest in traditional bonds, and it should take up a small slice of the portfolio's fixed income pie. Uh, Currently, it yields north of 10%, and it generally pays monthly instead of quarterly with a pretty good track record. So how do they pay that high, right? Well, without getting too deep in the weeds, they use the leverage return of options that pay on equity-linked notes, or ELNs, which are just debt instruments that pay based on the equity's performance as opposed to a stated fixed interest rate like a regular bond. Uh, You should definitely look at these, get a little better understanding of them. But the underlying basket of this ETF is composed of large-cap stable companies, and the notes generally have some principal protection features. Uh, The ETF tracks the S&P pretty well, and with a double-digit cash return that has some protective features in spite of the use of derivatives, it's pretty attractive and interesting to us. ETF stands for Exchange Traded Fund, and very quickly, Matt, uh, what makes an ETF advantageous for investors? It is immediate diversification because instead of just investing in one single equity, what you're really investing in is the average performance of a much larger basket of of equities that are all brought together into one place and uh, allows you, again, to be more diversified uh, without having to spend as much money as it would to buy. Uh, you know, a whole big basket of stocks on your own. Matt Matigan, CEO, Blue World Asset Managers in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Find his blog at blueworldam.com. His selections, the Gold Mini Shares Trust ETF, symbol GLDM, and the J.P. Morgan Equity Premium Income ETF, which is JEPI. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.